0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome into episode number 22 of the College Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Ezra Janello, and an unreal episode on uh, on deck, up to bat, whatever the, whatever the saying is that we're going with uh, this week. We've got Brendan Niemer from Stonehill College, uh, a reigning Any10 champion. He was named to the Any10 rookie team last year, 2020. Very good at hockey. It's a very good interview, so it's going to be a great one to listen to. Uh, and we we get to go over the UCHC playoffs and the fact that Elmira they doubled up as uh, as champs on both the men's and the women's side. Uh, the guys they won on four they won on Monday four two over Stevenson, a three overtime win over number one Utica is how they got there in the semifinals, and then the women they smoked Nazareth five to one on Tuesday, uh, and and both those teams the men and the women they combined two goals against through six games in the playoffs in college hockey. Yeah, like just unbelievable. Unbelievable stat. Uh I can't wait to go over it. Um uh, but I was thinking today while I was in the car and uh, I was thinking about the episode and the interview and and kind of like why people listen to the college hockey podcast and figured we're going to throw the interview up first and then the hockey talk second. Uh, cuz I I think most people listen for the interviews, I think. Uh, when I do an interview, I, I ask the person, like, hey, throw this up on your Instagram for me. Uh, share this a little bit. See if you can get some people to uh, to listen. So we're going to throw the interview up first. And of course, the people who are listening for the UCHC Hockey Talk, they can stay on. They can listen. Um, but, but I know people really want to hear these interviews. And, and this interview with Prenny Nemer, it's a pretty good one. Uh, he, he talks about winning a conference championship, playing in prep school, and, and kind of skipping juniors. Uh, the kid just turned 21. Uh, he's He's a young guy. Uh, we had one one kid on a couple weeks ago, I think, who was who was a young kid. Uh, something that NE10 does pretty often is taking taking guys in before their age out year. So, uh, great, great interview with Brendan. So, we're going to send it over to him to start, and then we're going to get the hockey talk going. So, first things first, Brendan Niemer, let's go to you. All right. Today's guest on the podcast is right now finishing up his sophomore year at Stonehill College in the NE10. Last year, in 28 games, he had seven goals and 16 assists for 23 total points and a spot on the NE10 All-Rookie Team. Of course, all of that to go along with the conference championship after the second half of the century. Please welcome to the podcast from the Stonehill Skyhawks, Brendan Niemer. Brendan, what's going on, man?
1: Nothing much. I appreciate you having me out here. Pretty excited.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm pumped. Like I said before we got on, anytime, anytime someone responds with like a, like, I'm pumped to be here or that sounds sick, like I know it's going to be an unreal interview. And and you've got a pretty sick like background coming into college hockey, so like uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a cool little conversation talking about your route to uh, to Stonehill.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's been uh it's been quite the journey. Twenty one years of just uh just grind pretty much. So I'm excited to talk about it.
0: And you you've pretty much oh first of all happy birthday. Uh, Thank you. Like I got I was doing when I started doing my research. I saw your birthday it was like what three days ago.
1: Yeah, yeah Friday.
0: That's pretty sick. Uh, and and you're a local mass kid too. Uh, uh, East Longmeadow, mass. I think I pass like the exit for it as I'm going through Springfield, coming up to Franklin Pierce, like every time I drive. Uh, so yeah. So not you about, I'm, Oh, I'm from New Jersey. So I, I got a hike. Um, yeah, but, but you're not far from Stonehill. So, uh, like who did you play for growing up in, uh, in youth hockey?
1: Uh, growing up, I played for the New England junior Falcons. Um, 2000 team we played out in enfield connecticut it's like 15 minutes from my house played there pretty much from four to 14 i guess
0: that's pretty sick uh so you played in connecticut so you didn't play in that like mhsl or mshl league did you
1: no we played in i want to say it was the ehf like the fed uh against like the junior eagles terriers bandits all those guys
0: that's pretty sick and so you're from kind of like south western massachusetts right yeah all right i like i said I, I passed the exit i still don't know like massachusetts geography you could tell me yeah. like, the name of a town and i'll be like oh yeah i've been there but i don't know where where in the world it is um yeah
1: i east long meadow's pretty out there being from western mass i usually get some shit for it but uh it's not that bad you just got to try it out
0: but it's not it's not even like you're from like the boonies you're you're from like a pretty populated area like springfield is right there you're right near it. You're right next to Connecticut. So it's not a bad part of Western yeah, Mass.
1: Not bad at all. I mean, you go out like 20 minutes more west of me, yeah, you're in the boonies. But Springfield is just a beautiful city, man. Just incredible. So uh, having that right next door is not too bad.
0: Now that you're, uh, you're 21, you're going to hit that MGM casino up.
1: Yeah, if I uh, wasn't in quarantine right now, I'd, I'd probably be there. But uh, we had some unfortunate bounces last week with the team. So uh, pretty much stuck in my room.
0: That's tough. We we yeah. had that first semester with our guys. They had uh, one of their roommates who wasn't on the team tested positive, and it was a false positive. So they all got thrown in quarantine.
1: Yeah, we've definitely had a couple of those. You never know. It sucks that it's like this right now, but um, you know you really can't do anything about it. So it's whatever.
0: At least the boys still got to hang out though, right? Like you guys still like kind of do something on the weekends. Maybe not throw parties, but you know, roller hockey yeah. outside.
1: Yeah, when it's nice out, we uh, we rip some roller out um, behind, like, our big stadium there. It's always a good time to get a couple of boys out. But, yeah, we pretty much just keep it, like, keep our groups, like, small. It's not worth the risk, honestly, just because if we were going to practice or whatever, have a game. So, um, just, like, probably 8 to 12 of us just kind of kicking back, watching hockey, golf, whatever.
0: Did you guys – so you guys didn't get to play any games this year, did you?
1: No, we were supposed to our first game against uh, Norwich on Saturday. Um, But obviously last week kid tested positive. So um, didn't get to go out there. We actually have a game coming up next, a week from today uh, playing Johnson and Wales, I believe. So uh, looking forward to that, even if it's the only one, it's better than nothing. So,
0: Oh yeah. It's some, it's some sort of a sophomore season. You get at least one game in, get on the ice a little bit. Uh, But so I want to go back a little bit. I want to go to high school. So you played, for three different uh, prep schools in five years or private schools in five years, you played uh, your 14-15 f- uh, season uh, for and 15-16 season for Springfield C- Cathedral. Uh, and then you, yep. you moved to Pope Francis for 16-17 and 17-18. And then you did a PG year at uh, Williston Northampton uh, in 17-18. Yes. So what kind of orchestrated your your movements throughout high school hockey? Well,
1: so um, Cathedral and Pope Francis, actually the same school, just a name change. So I was there for four years. There was a tornado back in 2011 that kind of ripped the school apart. So they had to, like, do a bunch of stuff just to keep the school intact. So they ended up changing names and merging with another school. So uh, that was Pope. But um, Like my first – or all four years there were awesome. Um, Had a great coach, Brian Foley. Um, And my freshman year there, we uh, had – I want to say like eight division one commits. We were just a powerhouse. So obviously I didn't touch the ice much, but um, being a 14 year old playing with guys that are drafted in the NHL, D1 playing pro in the coast, like whatever, but um, definitely a good way to start my high school career and kind of just like get the, the stepping stones ready and um, just kind of excel from there. Uh, just a bunch of great leaders and um, they left the next year and we kind of still had a wagon of team pretty much for three almost four years so um never really felt the need to leave there at at all so um just finished out four years it was 10 minutes from my house um and we always made a run for the super eight so um definitely probably the best four years of my life so far i mean i don't have any complaints about that at all it was awesome
0: do you uh like are you watching like your buddies or old teammates that just like or old kids who played against start and make like their NHL debuts now, or you started watching it past couple years?
1: Yeah. I mean, John Leonard was on my team that year, uh, my freshman year. Uh, just made his NHL debut this year. Um, played like, I want to say 10 games or something already. So pretty sweet to see that. And Keith Petrozelli, our goalie at Quinnipiac, making a run for the national championship this year, coming up a little short, but. It's always awesome to see your buddies just kind of going out there, living the dream.
0: That is. And then they obviously they get to play hockey past like the college level play for as long yeah. as possible. That's the goal. Uh, and then obviously you did your, your PG year at Williston Northampton. Uh Did you know that you want to do a fifth year in school uh, or was it something that your last year, your senior year you said you kind of looked at as an option?
1: Yeah. I mean, I never, uh, really thought about it too much kind of just want to live in the moment in high school and enjoy it with my buddies. But, um, I don't know. It was, there was a lot of decisions to be made. Um, obviously juniors and going for a PG year have their pros and cons, but, um, I think the biggest thing for me was Williston. the coach showed me a lot of interest and obviously you want to go somewhere you're going to play. So, um, and I'm not the brightest kid, so extra year of school couldn't hurt me anymore, but, um, yeah, no, it was definitely worth it. You know, juniors, yeah, I I don't know. I not, I've heard good things, bad things. Like I I'm happy with the decision I made. But uh yeah, it was it was a good time overall. It sucked being 18 and like being stuck at school, having rules, but other than that, uh no complaints.
0: It it's so funny because you mentioned you've heard good stories and bad stories. There are some like scary programs out there that are like Yeah. Like you don't know how bad of a program is until you like show up and they're like, oh yeah, we have no locker room, uh, you get no food, you gotta drive yourself to a weight. Way- it's like, like that's kind of tough. Um, yeah,
1: that's yeah. I mean, you see things like Chucky Slick playing in the NA three whatever back in his day, like just living the dream. Then you hear guys like, I don't even want to play hockey anymore. So it's yeah. like, kind of just gotta pick your poison, I guess.
0: Uh, and so obviously you said. Uh, It kind of sucked being 18, all the rules, prep school. Uh, I didn't go the prep school route. I know a bunch of kids that did, Uh, and every school seems to be different. Some are super strict. Some are kind of lenient. Was uh, Northampton kind of strict, like a lot of rules, or was it kind of lenient? You were living away from home, kind of go with the flow a little bit, or was it just like they kind of had a tight grasp on
1: you? I wouldn't say a tight grasp, obviously, like for legal they kind of got to be responsible for uh, most kids under 18 so um depending on who you lived with so I was obviously with another PG we had PGs across the hall um and our dorm parents the guy who lived with us was pretty chill with us just knowing that like we should be in college all of our friends are partying right now but we're stuck here on a Friday night like having study hall from eight to ten with a Saturday class the next morning it's like it's no fun and he understood that but um like you had to like sign out to like walk down the street and get permission and all this stuff kind of sucked. So, but it was all right. Cause I was close enough to go home. It was like 40 minutes from my house on the weekends. So um, I would do that and just kind of go live my life somewhere else for the weekend. But yeah, that's,
0: that's pretty yeah. sick. You got to kind of leave on the weekends a little bit. I knew a kid who went to prep school and he was, he was doing like the whole junior hockey tryouts and he had his car on campus obviously and they made him hand in his keys every time he got back to campus from a tryout that he couldn't leave with his own car. Yeah. Like that's kind of, that's, like, that's a tight grasp.
1: Yeah, that's definitely tight. I mean, we couldn't have a car at all. So I guess he's got that a little bit better than us, but uh, yeah, we had like one kid with a car on our team because we had a uh, split season away games before uh, the season started. So he was the only one, but yeah.
0: And so, obviously, your senior year, your senior season at Northampton, uh, you got 27 points in 27 games, point per game. Kai uh, was and Stonehill, obviously, any 10 school, they're they're big in this conference. I don't know why, but they're like huge on getting kids before they age out, um, and it's just like this conference, just D2 hockey, and I don't know why. Um, but were they kind of big on you? Were they kind of getting their foot in the door on the recruitment process a little early and, and trying to get you to be a Skyhawk?
1: Honestly, no. Uh, it was kind of crazy. So, um, I had like talk, I'd been talking to a couple schools, uh, during that season and all like a couple of any tents and, uh, assumption was showing the most interest actually. So that guy was kind of on me a lot. And, uh, I, um, went to like sign up for the, um, open house day at Stonehill and I texted the coach and I'd never talked to him before. I was like, Hey, I'm coming this day. Like, can I meet up with you? Have a a talk or whatever never got back to me so i'm sitting and i ended up coming to stonehill just to look around and i'm like walking out leaving to go home and i get a text he's like hey can you meet me in my office and i was like wow okay yeah like definitely (laughs) so i ended up having a pretty good talk with him but before that i really just didn't get anything uh but like i said assumption was like very adamant on me going there um but i just I had a feeling like Stonehill was the better option. Obviously, it was based on my freshman year. But, yeah, it was just not the typical recruitment story, honestly.
0: You guys played that South Shore Kings rink, right?
1: Yeah, we did last year. Um, now we're over in Bridgewater. Just got a brand-new locker room built. It's pretty nice, but looking forward to
0: using it, hopefully. Yeah, because uh, I was going to say, you guys – your rank's a lot better than, at least, uh, so Assumption got a new rink now, too, because they used to play in oh. that FMC rink with that wicked short glass. Uh, that was so, awful. Awesome. Oh, awesome. my God. I, so, I called I called the uh, the semifinal game, so I do a lot of broadcasting here at Brangle Pierce. And we went down, to mm-hmm. we did the semifinal game at Assumption, and I legit, like, was dodging pucks in warm-ups sitting up in the stands <laughs> on the far side. Terrible. Terrible. I hate it. I hate FMC sports so much just because, like, there's no open hockey and the rinks suck. But, um... So yeah, you yep, guys I, you, you guys have a pretty sick rank.
1: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad at all. It's, it's still Bridgewater's nice too. I'm excited to start somewhere new. I obviously you miss uh, the rank that you first played in in Foxborough and win a championship at, but things happen, so.
0: So did you do you guys usually get a ton of fans? Like it's not a rank that's on campus. So you guys got to drive a little bit to get there.
1: Yeah, um it depended on the game, I guess. Like we, when we played Franklin Pierce towards the end of the season, we had our hope happens here game. That one was pretty packed, um, obviously for a good cause. So a lot of people came out and supported us. Um, but on like a typical Friday, Saturday night, um, obviously have the parents there, a good amount of parents. And then a handful, sometimes a couple handfuls of students there, like other sports teams just coming out because um, we usually do the same for them. So uh yeah nothing really crazy though besides I, the championship championship was pretty packed
0: that that so i i was there obviously uh with franklin Pierce. Yeah. we're gonna talk about that because there's like no way you can't um but i want to talk about the first half of the season first uh not i mean you guys started with a with a win you guys started your season with a win against UMass dartmouth so got off on the right foot but that was your only win of the first first half of the season uh so what yeah. was what was the locker room kind of like during the uh like the first couple months of the year,
1: you know, it was it was tough. Uh, you win that first game, uh, wasn't our best performance either. But um, you know, just being what two and seven, ish two and seven, and the energy was kind of dead for the most part. But we were just kind of hoping for one game just to put us back in it, and it didn't really happen. Um, just like the the whole atmosphere on our team, it's not. Well, I wouldn't say like bad, but it's just like, all right, like we really need to get it going. And then it wouldn't happen. It's like, all right, this is just so frustrating. Um, Especially for our seniors, you know, they get a couple more goes at um, a couple games and it's like, we're losing and we just look terrible. Um, But obviously you can't win them all, but you got to win a couple, you know, which sucks when you just can't even, you can't get a bounce. We just take uh, so many penalties every game. Um, a lot of misconducts. Like we were in the box for half the game sometimes, and you can't win like that, not not against a good team. So um, yeah, just made penalties and that's really it. I mean, we were a good team, just couldn't put it together.
0: And it's obviously like like you said, not not the most fun uh, time to be to be a Stonehill hockey player. It's definitely easier getting to get into the rink when it, like you're winning and you know like. Heading to the game, you're rolling. It's just a better feeling, and, and you don't got that. It's not, it's not the greatest. And so, obviously, something happened during intercession that you guys just like it clicked. And I, I've got the unofficial answer, and that's you guys lost to Framingham State because uh, that that program hasn't been doing too hot lately. Um, and I, I, can say that a little bit. I know a bunch of the kids on the team, and and one of the kids was joking around with me that that's what it was. Um, but so, what really happened during that intercession, like that just something just flipped for you guys.
1: Yeah, I guess you could say that's an unofficial answer. I've never really thought about it like that, but it works. Um I don't it's just like we just clicked. We the team bonding after the break. We were on campus for 2 weeks before anyone got back, so we really just us hanging out, like just getting together, having fun. And I think a big thing for us was um last year we practiced at 7 a.m in foxborough it's a 20 minute ride you're waking up at 5 45 the latest every morning to go play in a freezing cold rink it's like it's really tough and you got to battle through it. and it was always um we always had good practices but uh over break we got practice at like 1 30 in the afternoon we just you could tell right away it was like our energy was up like we were just buzzing it was crazy and it showed in our games like we were just so ready for the games after that and i think honestly that was the reason why we just came out so hot because we were just ready to go and had like high tempo every day
0: and you played so you played with a kid matt shane uh obviously like the any 10 goalie of the year last year Uh, he's a big part of your guys' success in that conference championship is he just like a sick dude off the ice
1: yeah matt um I actually look pretty close to him. I hung out with him a couple of weeks ago, uh, played some pond hockey. He's a really nice kid, super smart, just a hard worker. Um, But yeah, he, he played incredible. We, there's, there's no way we could have done that without him at all. There were games that we probably shouldn't have won that we didn't like he would have what 30 plus saves and just bailing us out every other shift. It was crazy.
0: And then, so uh, end of the season, you, you have your last See, series, it's a, it's actually at St. Mike's. You played in the postseason. Uh, you lost four 2 game one on Friday, and then and then uh, you tied three three on uh, on game two on Saturday. So then you you obviously make the playoffs. You're the four seed going to playoffs. You're going back to St. Mike's. That's a hike, by the way. You're going up to Vermont. Like the legs are not under you when you get off that bus trying to get ready for a game. Um, but you guys, you go to overtime. Uh, was that game sick? Like, was it an unreal game?
1: Yeah, um, that was crazy, uh, just to win in overtime. They are They were a very good team. They packed the barn. It was just like everyone against us, and they were so loud in there, and it just pumps you up. Um, we came out pretty well. We knew we could beat them. We'd done it before, so um, just to get a quick, I think they might have scored first or something, but it was just a neck and neck game the whole way, and just to take it to OT and get a good bounce. Pretty crazy goal, actually. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, goalie got taken out, and kid had an empty net on our team. So uh, kind of a wild goal to sent us to the championship.
0: Was he, like, in the slot when he scored?
1: Yeah, he, he got the puck at, like, the blue line, and then uh, St. Mike's defenseman pushed one of our guys into his own goalie. The kid was in the corner, and the kid, he just shot it from the top of the circle on an empty net.
0: That's but, it. yeah, it was crazy. So the bus ride, bus ride home was a pretty, pretty fun one.
1: Oh yeah, they're always fun after a win on the road, especially knowing that you got the finals coming up a week later. So,
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. I can tell you coming coming out of assumption that night, like we, like obviously, like my broadcasting partner and I, we don't take the team bus. Like that'd be kind of fucked up if we were taking the team bus with the boys. (laughs) Uh, But we we got back at about the same time as them, and like it was like it was a fun night. Because you, like, you don't have a game the next day. The finals aren't for another yeah. week. Um, but really, like, we're sitting there. We're, we're, like, glued to our phones. We have our SID texting us the updates. Like, when when you're playing, where you're playing, like, what's going on. Uh, but at the same time, you're, like, you're enjoying the fact that you just won in a, uh, a semifinal game. You're about to go to the championship game. Um, and you guys, obviously, you were the higher seed. Or you were the three seed going to the playoffs. Sorry, you weren't the fourth seed. Frankly, yeah, Pierce was. I think,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and so you guys, you get to play a home game. And it, uh, it was played at Warrior. Do you, like, know why it was played at Warrior?
1: I think we just couldn't get any ice at Foxborough, honestly. But it kind of worked out because if that was at Foxborough, there was no room for anyone.
0: It, it was packed. Like, it was – and it, it, it was so – like, it was insane. Like, it was, it was such a fun game to be at in the stands. Getting ready for the game playing-wise, was it – like, you're in warm-ups and you look around and the sea started to fill in. Are you one of those guys where you're feeding off, like, the crowd's energy?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the crowd energy helps a lot. But when you're in a situation where you get to battle for a championship, I don't even think I acknowledged anyone in the crowd. I was kind of just laser-focused on the game.
0: That's unreal. And then obviously, you guys, you, you scored first. You scored twice, I think, before Franklin Pierce scored. Um, you guys, like, like led that game. I think, you, I think Franklin Pierce had more shots. Like, I don't have the box score pulled up. But, like, you guys were, were just leading it like it was it was obvious that you guys were going to win that game you guys had more chances more just like just a a better quality play and it just it it was the the, like the perfect ending to your second half of the season like it was it was a storybook kind of season where you like you 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 were shit in the first half and then all of a sudden something happens you come back you're playing well you make the playoffs you make the championship game and then all of a sudden you're buzzing um was it was it unreal being able to win that conference championship in your, your freshman year?
1: Yeah, it was pretty special because we knew we had a special group of guys right from the start, even before the season started. We knew we were going to be good, um, you know, but you got to put it together, which we didn't do at first. But just to kind of get that that win at the end and on a good note, um, seeing that last empty net goal going, just like it's like a million pounds off your shoulders, you know, just go up 3-1 with like, I want to say a minute left. Uh, pretty crazy. Uh, it's definitely exciting too, you know, you work hard for your, uh, for championships your whole life. And I've come up pretty short in a couple in high school and just to get it back felt really good, especially with the uh, group of guys we had Um, no regrets at all. So I'm glad we battled out and came out on top, but I think we, uh, not that we knew we were going to win that game, but I think with our confidence level in the second half and we played them two or three weeks before and won like seven, two or something. I think we knew we were going to win that game. Um, but obviously, we didn't take it for granted. You had the battle still because FPU is a good team to have that Lester kid. I think that freshman is Foley.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, definitely didn't want to take it too lightly, which I was scared of, honestly. I was just hoping no one was going to do that. But um, yeah, ended up working out.
0: That, that empty net goal, by the way, gave you a, an extra point. You got the secondary assist on that. Did you know that? Uh yeah, yeah. Always gotta always gotta like like pad the stats tolls, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> gotta make that any ten all rookie team. Um,
1: take so the assist for sure.
0: Oh yeah. Uh so obviously that was kinda kinda late March tenth, I think that game was something like early early ish in the month. Uh not long after that, uh we got sent home. So our spring break got turned into summer break. Uh what what was Stonehill kinda like after you guys played that game?
1: Uh, we were already on spring break actually. That's why we had like not many students there. So uh, a lot of parents, but it was pretty crazy. Um, When we were like two and seven, we booked uh, Fort Lauderdale. And the the flight was the next morning at like 5. AM. So after the game, we were just all obviously fired up. It was just us on campus. So we had the whole hockey house to ourselves and we were just firing on all cylinders. And then no sleep. Just wanna see like five hours of just getting after it. And then uh we're in Boston at Logan hopping on a flight to Fort Lauderdale for the week. So that was pretty crazy.
0: That's that's actually unreal. That like you, you left. Yeah. I didn't know that. You guys left like hours after that game, ended up in Fort yeah. Lauderdale. That's a pretty pretty sick celebration.
1: We were like, we're two and seven, we're not making the playoffs. This shouldn't interact with our schedule at all. And next thing you know, it all worked out. So,
0: was there was there one kid in the locker room that was like, "Guys, we're gonna like we're not gonna get to go to Florida, Florida now." Like, like I don't
1: think Florida. anyone was really worried about it. I think everyone kind of just wanted to win.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say like that's the, the like getting bummed out for the wrong reason, there, buddy.
1: Yeah, I mean, we lose that game. Fort Lauderdale's not the same either. So, no,
0: no not at all. That that so I, obviously like, I'm not happy that you guys won. Uh, like at Franklin Pierce, I try and, find as much success with the boys as possible. But um, like that makes it a little easier that you guys got to go to Florida. Like that, that's like, yeah. that's a sick situation. So uh, you guys are in, in Florida. Did you guys ever get to come back or, or was it all online for the rest of the year?
1: No, we never got to come back. I think um, we were there for like three or four days and that's when they like canceled it for like two weeks. And then I want to say the next day it was like, everything's done online. So we ended up staying um, for the full week, and then because Florida was still fine, so uh, got the full week out of it. Came home and just chilled, enjoyed the win. That's just pretty sad. Probably, probably a lot of benders for sure, but uh, yeah, it was unreal.
0: And you said I don't know if you said this before we started or if uh, if it was during, but you're you're reigning any ten champs two years in a row. Obviously, no any ten season this year. Uh, Has it been kind of difficult to hang out with the boys and kind of bond as a team with all of this COVID stuff going on?
1: Um, Yeah, it's been tough. You know, you try to follow the rules as much as possible, but obviously it doesn't always work out like that. So um, we've had our get togethers. Um, Like I said, watch hockey, golf, a good amount of us hang out. Um, I think we, we have practiced. We were practicing every day until we got quarantined. So um, being able to hang out in the locker room with some of the guys and just have fun on the ice is pretty much all we can do besides talking golf so um, it's, it's not ideal but um, luckily we have what six seven months to figure it out and get pretty close before the next season
0: yeah and you guys you have a pretty decent amount of freshmen like nine eight or nine freshmen on your team this year um, did you guys like try and get them in the mix as early as possible you kind of mixing a couple of them into those little small groups
1: oh yeah um they're all pretty sociable kids so i think right off the bat all of them were just kind of in with us like just hanging out every day whatever um but yeah they're all nice kids and we all enjoy hanging out with them so it was definitely an easy uh easy, easy transition for them i think so um it's been good
0: that's unreal and then obviously Or not obviously, but, uh, one more question, same question. Everybody gets at the end. Um, what, so I don't know your head coach's name. I I didn't do my homework, I guess. Uh, if he, if he gives you a recruit and says, I want this kid, uh, wearing purple next year, uh, what are you, what are you telling the kid to get him to come to Sky to, uh, to Stonehill?
1: I actually did this with one of my buddies recently. Um, honestly, I think it's all about the education here and the campus. Obviously the sports are great. Um, but the education you're going to get here is pretty, pretty uh, high tier. So uh, definitely the first thing I recommend, but the campus too, I don't know if you've seen it at all, but uh, it's pretty nice. Uh, no complaints about that. Brand new business building. I'm a business, I'm a marketing major. So having that is pretty sick. Oh, but, I, yeah. Then-
0: I got to ask, are you guys getting women's hockey players now? Like starting to come to uh, Stonehill?
1: Uh, haven't had any yet. I'm not sure the whole situation on that. I think we were supposed to start this coming season, um, like 2021, 22. But with COVID, I'm not sure how if they pushed it back or I have no idea.
0: Oh, they might have. Right here, it's saying 22, 23. So I guess you're not going to get it for a couple years.
1: Yeah, maybe not. Then damn, that damn.
0: sucks. I I can't. So I want I want the E ten to stop having hockey and I want it to go to like a. Uh, like the, the women are D1 and the guys are D1. So AIC is in any 10 school, but they have D1 hockey. Merrimack has D1 hockey, but they're in any 10 school, or they used to be, now they're all D1. I think, I think why not add the uh, the extra D1 conference, right?
1: Yeah, I know. I We've talked about that before, just like me and my buddies, but uh, hopefully that'd be pretty sick for the future. I'm, we probably wouldn't see that era, but uh, it'd be kind of nice just – as long as they built a rink on campus for us, hopefully we're looking to have one of those soon. But I'm not seeing it happen.
0: Us too. But then you then you can like forty years down the line tell your kid you played at Stonehill, and your kid just knows yeah. that it's a Division one program.
1: Yeah, I was pretty good back in the day. I Played D one.
0: Yeah, they don't got to know the the real history, but yeah, uh, they don't. got Thanks, Brendan, so much for coming on. This is a this is a pretty good interview. So um, I'm stoked to get it put up onto the podcast. Thanks,
1: man. I appreciate it. It was nice talking to you and. Um if you ever need me to come back feel free to reach out. I'm definitely down.
0: Of course. See you later.
1: All right, boy. Thank you.
0: Big thanks to Brandon for coming on. Uh so now let's get into the hockey talk. Uh let's get on to the UCHC uh and the fact that their championships just happened this past weekend. Uh Thursday was night 1 for the guys, Friday was night 1 for the women. Uh and and great playoff hockey. Uh, first of all, like I said in the beginning, Elmira they doubled up as UCHC champs on the men's and the women's side of the, of the ice. The men, they won on Monday 4-2 over Stevenson, uh, and they had a three-overtime thriller win over number one-ranked Utah or seeded Utica, to get there, while the women, they smoked Nazareth 5-1 on Monday. Uh, just unbelievable. Both those teams, they combined for two goals against through the tournament. In college hockey, like like that's the biggest thing. It's like it's college hockey, and combined they gave up two goals through six games. So it's they they were very dominant in the postseason in the UCHC. But first, we're gonna talk about the men's side, and we're gonna get started in the quarterfinals with number one Utica taking on number eight Manhattanville. That game went about as expected. Utica won nine nothing. They dominated all game long. They had forty nine shots on net. They were four for seven on the power play, which is 57%. Uh, guys like Connor Landrigan was getting on the sheet, two goals, two assists. Dylan McMahon and John Mankovich, they each had two goals, while Brandon Osmondson had three assists, and Sean Dickens- Dixon had a 12 save shutout. Just Utica, they did what they've done all year long. They dominated, they proved why they were the number one seed. They plowed through the number eight seed. Pretty easy. Manhattanville, by the way, they have a sick logo. I don't know that I've mentioned this. I always talk about, like, like uniforms, like Elmira's jerseys are sick. Wilk's uh, guys' jerseys are sick. I don't know what their what their women's jerseys look like, but that light blue, I spoke about that last week, that's pretty sick. Manhattanville, they have a cool logo. I like that. Um, but next up is is the next game, the number two seed, taking on the sixth seed. Uh, and I mentioned last week the reason that they played the sixth seed was because of driving and coronavirus. They didn't want to have more than 250 miles between two opponents. So Stevenson, ranked two, uh, or seated two, took on Newman, seated six, while number 3 seated Wilkes took on Nazareth, seated seven. So that's that's the reason behind that. It happened in the, on the women's side, too. Just wanted to clear that up for people who didn't get to listen to last week's episode, which you should go listen to it. Uh, Cody Roy is the interview on that episode. He's a broadcaster at Franklin Pierce. He's not a big hockey guy. He, he is kind of on the sidelines. Didn't really play growing up. Played like ball hockey or whatever, um, but a, a pretty cool broadcaster interview. I like to throw those in there every once in a while. Uh, but, but getting back to the UCHC hockey talk, the second game of the quarterfinals, it was number two, Stevenson, taking on number six, Newman. Stevenson won 3-2, to two, uh, and both goalies played well. Ryan Kenny, 21 saves on 23 shots in the win. Kyle Pantalone, 35 saves on 38 shots in the loss. And it's always tough when you're doing your job really well. You're playing a good game but the score just doesn't go your way. 35 shot saves on 38 shots, that's playing playing really well. And, and not getting the goals, the goals to go your way, the bounces to go your way, that always sucks. Uh, but Austin Master, he had a goal and an assist in the game for Stevenson. Uh, the next game we're talking about is the third-seeded Wilkes taking on the seventh-seeded Nazareth. This one was an overtime game. Wilkes they won 3-2. to two. Uh, Nazareth, they had the lead twice during the game, including – Uh, going into the third period. So they they were playing a pretty good game. Uh, Tyler Dill, he had both of Wilk's goals in regulation. Uh, And then Tyler Barrow, he scored the overtime winner, 9-16 into the the fourth period. Uh, And then Nazareth, in between the pipes, Raphael Provincher, 44 saves on 47 shots. So he's really the reason why that game went to overtime. And, And like I said with Kyle Pantalone in that last game, it's always tough when you're doing your job well. Uh, and the bounces just don't go your way. I'm sure it wasn't a clean look in overtime. It never is. Um, but he he played a really good game, really good way to finish off the season. Of course he wanted to uh, to end off on a win. The last game in the uh, in the in the quarterfinals, number four, Elmira taking on number five, Chatham. Elmira, of course, the eventual champs. they they won by big margin, six nothing. Ryan Reifler had two goals and an assist. Jordan Gonzalez and Sean Kennedy each had a goal and two assists. While well, Marty Campoan and Jake Russo had a goal and an assist each. Chris Jansen, 31 saves, shutout. Uh, in the game, it looked much closer when you when you deep, when you dive into the Spock score and you look at the stats, it looked a lot closer than 6-0. Uh, the first and third period periods, uh, the shot differences were only one goal each. Uh, so it was very close in the first and the third periods. Uh, one goal in the first period, two in the second, three in the third. So, like I said, it, it's close, but it's not close. It's it's such an interesting game, hockey, such an interesting game. I said last week, ideally, like if I was betting on Division Three college hockey, right, I would have chosen Utica to win the championship, right, the number one seed. They were dominant all year long, but it's hockey, and you're gonna see why. Uh, if you if you haven't looked. Uh, at the box scores yet, and at the finals from the from the playoffs, you're gonna see why hockey is such a such a sick sport. Uh, and it, it's in the finals, it's the semifinals, sorry. And it's actually this game we're talking about right now: number four Elmira taking on number one Utica in a three overtime game, six periods, pretty much two games in one, uh, and it looked like it was a thriller: two to one game in, through six periods. Uh, I, I got to do. One of those, I got to call a game like that last year, five-overtime game that finished 2-1. to one. Uh, The girls, it, they, they weren't too happy playing five overtimes, but when you put it in perspective that that could be your last shift of college hockey, you're pretty appreciative of all the opportunities that you can get. So, Elmira, they, they got the win. Uh, they took a one nothing lead at 14:51 in the first period. Chance Gorman scored while Jared Smith and Ryan Reifler had the assists. Then Utica, they tied the game at six seventeen in the second period. Brett Everson scored with Brandon Osmondson. Ad- Osmonson and John Monkovic, uh, they had the assists. And then five forty six into the third overtime, uh, they they won it. Bailey Krazik, uh, he scored. Giannis Vizbalis and Graham Denome. they had the assists. Uh, but Utica, they they dominated the game. This is why hockey is so sick. Utica fired sixty three shots on net. They had 62 face-off wins, right? Like, they, they were dominant in the entire game. Six periods, they lost. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Connor Landrigan, by the way, 22 face-off wins, five face-off losses. Uh, I'm a big face-off guy. I think it's the best way to get possession. It's The, the, the first chance you get to have possession is winning a face-off. Uh, and, and that's how many times through a game. So, uh, Connor Landrigan, he was dominant. Uh, I think Zach, Zek. I think he was uh, a Stevens Point player this year in the WIAC. He, he had a couple games where he was dominant uh, in the faceoff circle. But either way, Chris Jansen, 62 saves on 63 shots in the win for Elmira. Sean Dixon, 39 saves on 41 shots. Both of these guys played lights out. A really, really great game uh, in between the pipes on both sides. The other semifinal game we're talking about, number two, Stevenson. They beat number three Wilkes four to one. Uh, nothing too crazy happened in this game. A couple of tough penalties uh, were called. Chris Lee uh, on Stevenson, he got a minor boarding call in the first period, uh, and then Wilkes's Angelo Marquart, Marquart, uh, he got a five and a ten for high sticking in the third. So they they went shorthanded for a while, and then Stevenson's Chad Watt, he got an unsportsmanlike minor in the third period, uh, but he also had a goal and assist. So I guess he he did his is best to have an effect on the game in both uh, a positive and a negative manner. Uh, and then Ryan Kenny, he made 28 saves on 29 shots in the win for Stevenson. So that brings us to the final. It happened Monday night, a 3-0 win for Elmira over Stevenson. Bailey Karazic had two goals. Sean Kennedy had a goal, and Chris Jansen, 29 saves, shut out. He's my postseason MVP. I mean, he was the postseason MVP. Uh, he was on the all tournament team. Uh, but I mean, 123 saves on 124 shots in the postseason, a 991 save percentage. Unbelievable numbers from him. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, he was the all tournament team MVP. Uh, joining him on the team as forwards, uh, his teammate, Bailey Krozik, he had three goals in the tournament. And Chance Gorman, he had a goal and two assists, while Stevenson's Austin Master had two goals and an assist. On defense, Jordan Gonzalez of Elmira had one goal and two helpers. While Stevenson's Blake Coleman had two goals, and then the goalie, of course, Ryan Kenny from Stevenson, seventy-seven saves on eighty-two shots, a nine-three-nine save percentage. On the women's side, I said it earlier; they had some upsets in the quarterfinals. Unlike the guys' side, uh, but first we have the number one-seeded Elmira taking on the number eight-seeded Newman. Uh, they blew out 10-0. Morgan Mordini had two goals and two assists. Emma Crocker had two goals and an assist. Kelly Matthews had two goals. Eliza Butin had a goal and three assists. And Claire Meter had three helpers. Eight different players for Elmira recorded two points or more, uh, while 13 re- recorded at least one. So if you're addressing 18 skaters, 19 in college hockey, you already have that extra forward or extra defenseman, 19 skaters, 13 of them got on the score sheet. Unbelievable, Elizabeth Hansen, She had the 12-save shutout. Uh, the next game we're talking about is number six taking on number two. That's Manhattanville, who scored four. Stevenson one. Tiana Lopes had a goal and an assist, while Franny Girardi 32 saves on 33 shots in the win. The third shot, the third game in the quarterfinals, number three Chatham beating number seven Alvernia 4-3 in overtime. Sidney Collins had two goals. Dina Akers had two assists, while Alvernia's Alex Robertson had a goal and an assist. Julia Beaven had 55 saves on 59 shots in the loss for Alvernia, while Lily Rogers, 29 saves on 32 shots in the win. Uh, The last game was an upset. Naz, they scored five over the four-seeded Utica. They scored three. Nicole Van Stralen and Madison Nichols each had a goal and an assist, while Utica's Ava Suda had two assists of her own. Savannah Gutierrez had 29 saves on 34 shots in the loss, while Adriana Brem, 21 for 24, in the win for Nazareth. In the semifinals, number one seeded Elmira. They scored three over Manhattanville, scoring zero. Tristan Tolan, Emma Crocker, and Kelly Matthews scored the goals for Elmira, while Franny Girardi had 42 saves on 45 shots in the loss for Manhattanville. Elizabeth Hat Hanson, her second shutout of the postseason in two games. This time for 15 saves. The other game in the semifinals was number five Nazareth. They beat number three Chatham four to one. Van Draylen had two goals while Reed, Katie Reed had 37 saves on 41 shots in the loss. Adriana Brem 33 for 34 in the win for Naz. And that brings us to the finals. Number one seeded Elmira taking on number five seeded Nazareth. Uh, And it went just about as expected when you have the one seed playing the five seed. Five goals to one. McKenna Welzjanin scored that lone goal for Nazareth. While Maddie Morton had a goal and two assists. Morgan Mordini, Emma Crocker, and Eliza Buden had a goal and an assist each for Elmira. Adriana Brem, 30 saves on 35 shots in the loss. And Elizabeth Hansen, 24 saves on 25 shots. Uh, She made the all-tournament team as the goalie. She had 51 saves on 52 shots in the tournament, a 980 save percentage. Joining her on the team uh, as the MVP was Morgan Mordini, uh, of course her teammate at Elmira. She had three goals and four assists. The forwards, the first one from Elmira, Emma Crocker, four goals and an assist. Then Chatham had Sydney Collins with two goals, and then Nazareth's Nicole Van Strelen, three goals and one assist in the tournament. On defense, on the blue line, Elmira's Maddie Morton made the all-tournament team with a goal and four assists, and Grace Janest of Manhattanville rounded out that starting lineup with five block shots in two games. So that's what the, the UCHD looked like in the playoffs. Very interesting hockey, very fun to watch. I got to watch some replays of it. So that's going to do it for the College Hockey Podcast episode 22 Again, big thanks to Brendan for coming on to the podcast, talking about his time at Stonehill, playing prep school hockey, winning a conference championship, just having a successful freshman year and what's uh, what's been going on over there during uh, COVID. Um, but that's going to do it, uh, episode 22. Uh, if you haven't already, go check out our Instagram, at collegehkypod. Check out our website, collegehockeypodcast.com. If you're listening to this on Spotify, make sure you click that subscribe. That way you know the next time a podcast episode gets dropped. It will be next Tuesday night, uh, but just so you know, that that way you get that notification. Go ahead, subscribe. Also on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to, go ahead and and click that subscribe button. But that's going to do it for the College Hockey Podcast episode number 22.